This show is brought to you by Vemidoc. Stay connected, stay healthy. Let's talk about family roots. <laughs> <laughs> talk to me about El Viejo San Juan. No, <laughs> You're not Puerto Rican. Uh, talk to me about your family's roots, man. Uh, like, let, let's go into like just the influences you were talking about lucha libre and all this growing up okay family roots though uh and, and with the family roots we dude we to- we I, so i remember going i think we were we were together do people know where we're no people i, I, I mean this. people should know we're cousins but we are we're cousins oh, we're one so year apart one year apart we grew up together and i remember going it was you and, and joe uh and we went to, we were in Aurito's truck in the back and um, we went to buy, like, to the carniceria. I, I mean, I'm, you'll never forget, right? When you're little, you go into like a butcher shop, the smell of just like oh. meat. La carniceria, <laughs> carniceria was like a normal thing back when we were growing Dude, up. Dude, it was like carniceria. I remember, I remember the smell and the flies. Yeah. <laughs> it was so gross. <laughs> And then, and so we went to Carnesiria and then afterwards, I think as like a treat, Maurita took us to buy um, Lucha masks. I don't she, remember the Lucha masks, but... She, she bought us Lucha masks and it was over. After that, dude, that was like, like the best and worst thing she ever did for us because we were just like... <laughs> it was it was on it was yeah. like luchas every day. And then I don't know whatever happened to that Lucha mask. I don't remember which one I got. I don't remember, you know, the colors or anything like that. But, yeah. But she got us lucha masks, lucha masks, and and it was. I think that was a, that was all a part of it. And I think we all like somehow like I think other cousins were into soccer too, and then we would like play against each other. And it was always like racing every each other, you know, against each other every day. Doing it was like it was always like a physical fitness test, like every day, like push up t- contests. It was, I, mean, I mean, that came from. Theo Tony, who was uh, Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> sorry, Theo, but I mean, you were there at the, uh, what was the movie he came out in that he didn't really come out in? Uh, like Over the Top? Over the Top. Yeah, he that. came out like, you know, Vencidas. <laughs> Over the Top. Theo I mean, Tony was like the, the body lifter in the family or weight lifter. Body, yeah, no, we were drinking... Um, we would drink so like so the so this is actually a part of how so i i have this theory that like latinos invented hipsterism right uh <laughs> okay and and it's i a bold statement <laughs> i i'll have to do my more research other than just kind of anecdotal evidence but we were doing uh probiotics in the in the early 80s we're uh we're doing spirulina so my would give us yeah uh, uh an egg every we you know, get an egg uh, cut up garlic and um, uh, cod oil. We'd be drinking cod oil and spirulina. That's what we were drinking wow. like, every day. I don't, I don't remember <laughs> any of this. But yeah, we were, my, and then we were, so, okay. we were getting um, like organic oil, um, um, honey from some some guy from Clint or excuse me, from Fabians or something to come over to like sell, you know, sell in the neighborhood. Probiotic dealer. <laughs> yeah, no, man, we were doing these probiotics. I mean, I don't, they weren't called probiotics then, but that, I mean, they were, I remember talking about buena bacteria. Es yeah. una buena bacteria. Hello, mijo, ve, comprame un gato gay. Un gato rade. Un gato rade. But, but I, this, that I think like this whole, like, and then, and then, and then we used to go to, um, 
um, the the nature store in Chula Vista. Remember the cross in in the parking lot? It was like where like big and tall the big and tall shop was. Yeah. It was like a um, a nature store, like a yeah. organic store. And that's we, where we would get all the all the weird stuff. La uña de tigre. <laughs> yeah, good, yes. yes. No ni digas. Ah, te compré el jugo. No ni, no ni digas, mijo. <laughs> Is that what it meant? That's no, the jugo no ni. And then my grandpa, the grandpa would be like, no ni digas. Es muy buen jugo. No ni digas. Oh, man. Yeah, so that it was like, that was like, that was, I think, the, the first, I'm assuming, uh, yeah. like organic store in El Paso or something. It was that's crazy. Of, it's a nurture market or something like that. So, so we were into it, man. We were always into like this, like nutritious eating. But, you know, we would couple that with like bistec and milanesas and stuff. Tacos de tripitas. Yeah. So we would, you know, balance. Life is about balance. On Alameda. Did we go to Waterburger? Oh, Church's chicken. Was abuelita and abuelitos. Favorite, well, I think it was more abuelitos. Church's chicken, man. That eating. was uh, a special thing. Church's chicken. Church's. With the corn, dude, it was like, you know, staying healthy with corn. It's all full of butter. But, uh, but now, man, I think that's, that's kind of how. So, like, I think, you know, like looking back at like roots building, it's like eating culture. And I guess, like, how do you, how, you know, how does this whole, like, Latino stuff, you know, like, happen? You know, you got to go into, like, going to college, going away from college. And then that's, like, you kind of draw back from the, from the roots, I guess. You know, like, I mean, I remember, I remember going to, so I went to college in Santa Clara. And I remember going to a Mecha meeting because I was, like, I miss, I miss my roots. Yeah. I mean, and then... I don't want to go into this whole like racial thing on this podcast stuff, but um, I remember being really weirded out. <laughs> you were about to say scared. You were about to say scared. That's I mean, fine. it was you like, it. yeah, we were walking into the room. If anybody's ever been to a Mecha meeting, it's, and this is, uh, no, I'm not trying to like diss them. Mecha. I think they play an important role. And it's just like, I just noticed the difference between like California Latinos, Texas Latinos, and Texas Latinos, and border Latinos. Do you consider yourself a Chicano? No, and I had this big fight oh, with this, okay. you know, like, no. They they would, like, they would insist that I was Chicano. And you were like, no, I'm uh, not a Chicano. I'm not a Chicano, I'm just... So you're Tejano Chingano. No, I was just like, no, I would not. Would, would you be like, I'm American? No, dude, I was... So I went to college, so my college year is 97 to 01. And it was... um it's in the Bay Area, and we were, it was Latino. We were, I was Latino. I, I, I felt like a part of this. I think there was, it was the beginning, like this whole like pan Latino thing was new. Like, I think it's kind of a new thing. You know, like, I think it started in that. Latinx. I think Latinx came from the Bay Area. I, I think because they would spell um, Bay Area Latinos. So I was a part of Che, which was. Chicanos in health education. I just told you I'm not, I never considered myself Chicano, but that was like the pre-med group in the Bay Area. And it was like we had a chapter in Santa Clara, we had a chapter in Berkeley, Stanford, uh, Cal State, you know, all the all the universities in the Bay Area had, had even like in in LA. And we would get together and have and have conference. It was great. You know, like all the teams get together and have conferences. And and I remember the the 
the Bay Area Latinos writing Latino, but with instead of the O, they would write the at sign with the O and the A. So yeah, it was inc- I, I remember that still. In- so it's right, it like this inclusive thing. Yeah. And, and I think this, you know, the, the, the newer generation, I think it's like a step further and they want to be like gender neutral and then put Latinx. Which, X. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's just, you know, I'm not trying to be like old school about stuff. Like I just, I don't say it. I don't say I'm Latinx. So what uh, do you say? I say, I, I just say I'm, I'm Latino. I don't say Hispanic. I'll say, I, it's, I guess it depends on the context. Soy del vaso chingado. Yeah. Soy uh, I, yeah, I'll always represent El Paso. I, I'm, I, I tell people I'm fronterizo. I, I, you know. But are you Juarez? Do you consider yourself Juarez? Like, how, how does that... I mean, Do, fronteras hard. I mean, to talk... I know. It, it's... I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it, but it, it's... Uh, we live in one city that is pretty much three million people just divided by a thin line. Doesn't even have any water anymore. The Rio Grande. I... Like, so, I... I When I speak Spanish... So, you know, this revisiting this whole, like, eres el doctor. When, when I'm speaking Spanish to my patients, they will ask me if I train in the United States because my Spanish is more like Juarez Spanish. Like, I don't say, like, fresa stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm like, o sea, so, o sea. <laughs> That's not how I talk. But, you know, when I'm, like, cuando me estoy expresando, me expreso como uno de Juarez. You know, the chiripada. You know, I'll say like, you know, I don't know. Say like what? Things that people from Juarez would say. I don't know. Los, los dichos de mi abuelita? Los dichos de abuelita. Do, do, you, do okay. you use that in the office or what do you? Yeah, I'll say like, uh, I don't know. I don't Dime con quien andas. <laughs> but that's not, that's not specific Juarez, but you know, and I don't go around singing Noa Noa when I go into the room either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dude, the other day I asked my dad dad did you ever go to Noa Noa no mijo ese era ese era lugar de mala muerte <laughs> it's like but dad there's a song about it you should have gone to Noa Noa yeah. he probably went to Noa Noa we just don't know we will never know and now it's gone <laughs> it's it's forever gone but but I you know I definitely identify it's a thing where like going growing up right went to cathedral there's like kids from Juarez a cathedral and and, and people speaking Spanish and they're like, no, eres un pocho. No, no, hablas como un pocho. <laughs> Which is like, there's this lot of, definitely a lot of like division that I think is going away now. I, yeah. think, I think that kind of stuff is, is, uh, and that might be a speed well, through maturity. I, I think but. though that, that, that it's going away nationally, but I think that we were like, I, I think El Paso has always been like one step ahead of the rest of the country in a lot of things. Like, yeah, we were, there were some things here that were, that were maybe very us, but I always thought El Paso was like, I don't know. I, I thought the rest of the country looked like us and it's not until like now, oh, yeah, 25, when you go to college. Years late, 25 years later that we're realizing, oh, well, it's now turning into El Paso in other parts of the country. But, but to us, like, you know, to, I, I thought natural. everything was 89% Latino. No, it's <laughs> but, true. And, and this, and it's part of the thing that made me feel bad for, Latinos in the Bay Area, mm. I was like, man, they, there's like no mentorship. You know, like there's not, like it's a thing where you can't, you don't see Latino physicians. That was like a really big problem that we couldn't find, we couldn't find mentors in the Bay Area. Yeah. Because all the, you know, I'm talking about like the pre-med group, you know. Yeah. 
What was the one? So, 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 so let's go back to the, to the narrative. So you were telling us about just life and what influenced you. So what was the moment, the one moment you say, here's where it clicked. I want to do something with medicine or I want to be a doctor. Like, is there a moment like that that comes to your life or no, it just comes later as you're studying. No, man, it's just, it's like, it was just, so it was, it was, um, a bunch of, a bunch of happenings that kind of just kind of informed a decision that just felt natural. Um, and, and, um, it first started with Abuelita when she was diagnosed with cancer and then, you know, my mom would sneak me into, uh, into Thomason, um, cause they didn't allow little kids. So I would go visit with her. Um, and then, and then they, and they really, uh, our family really revered the, her doctors. I mean, like I still, to this day, will hear about all the physicians who, and the nurses that took care of my, my grandma. Do, do you remember where you were or how you were told or how you found out she your had grandma had cancer? Uh, yeah, no, I do. Because we went to, so we actually flew to San Francisco. Um, so, so, I, so every summer I would make my pilgrimage over to, to San Francisco. And I don't remember why she went with me that time. Um, she went with me and her eyes were really yellow. So, so yellow. And it was just different. I don't know what, and I just, I, I, I maybe I noticed it because, because my tia pointed it out. But we went on a lot of like, it was almost like she was doing a tour. Yeah, like a, it's, it's, it's straight, like looking back now, I'm thinking like, we, we, she did a lot of the things that she never did before. And I, I remember that she, um, her and I, and I know it wasn't just her and I, but all I remember was her and I ha- sharing a meal in San Francisco. Uh, she ordered me shark. She, she asked me whatever I wanted to eat. Orden, orden lo que quieras. And, and shark was like, oh, dude, that looks awesome. <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> and it was so delicious. You ate shark. I ate shark. And, and then, and then it was just like all these things, like these, these moments with her, we went to the redwood forest and we, we, you know, walks on the beach, just like very like packed experiences with my abuelita. It was awesome. And she got, and after that she got really sick. And then, and, and, and I, and then, you know, like they're not going to tell a little kid that, oh, my abuelita has cancer. It's just kind of those things, I guess it was just the times and you just, I just kind of figured it out. Just like she was sick. Was it, was it? Was it more you trying to save grandma that you got into the to to, the, to medicine? Like, man, if I would have been a doctor, I could no. have maybe saved her. No, no, no. I, I no. I, I just I I. It, it was just being a part of. I, I wanted to be a part of those experiences, you know, like with families, and 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 I think that for the same thing, like those those doctors help. They have a special place in, in, in our family, in our, in our stories. And I wanted to be that kind of person for other families, you know, like to help, to help. I mean, that's, that's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's such a, like, it's such being a, being in that position is such a privileged position that that families trust you with 
the person they love the most mm-hmm. and and they invite you into be part of their family i mean you know i've been like been lucky enough to to the greatest compliment that i receive is when i when families tell me that i remind them of someone in their in their family mm-hmm. and it, to me what it tells me is like i'm i'm relating to them yeah. Like, hey, you remind me of my son, or you remind me of my uncle, or that stuff. And and just like, hey, now I'm a part of the team. It's great. So there you have it. It's been fun, man. Uh, we're gonna put a pause on that for now. And uh, thanks, thanks for coming out. Uh, it's great being with you here in, in person. We'll we'll bring it back as we continue to discuss the story of how it all got started. We thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. Must MD show. This podcast is brought to you by Vemidoc. Stay connected, stay healthy. Vemidoc is a bilingual patient management app that helps doctors help their patients even before they need to make an appointment. This episode was recorded live on location at Paspon's Pediatric Gastro in El Paso, Texas. We hope to catch you on the next episode. We release brand new material every Wednesday during season two of the Maspons MD podcast. The podcast is produced by BNEX Global. The chief storytellers are Aldo Maspons MD and Hector H. Lopez. Our music is by Giovanni Garcia and David Cutter. We'll see you next time on the Maspons MD show.